Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. My name is Michael Lejeune. I'll be your host today on Game Changers. Joshua Frank is also with me here today as my co-host. And I want to get right into our show by welcoming our guest, Mish Hancock. Mish is the founder of 100th Monkey Media out of St. Louis. Mish, please take a minute to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your company. Thank you, Michael. And hi, Josh. So good to uh, be here with you guys today. So my company is 100th Monkey Media, and what we do is we work with businesses and organizations to really create that relevant and engaging presence they're looking for on social media. Um, I myself, I've been I've been doing this now for six years, and I like to say in social media years, that's like 30 years. Mm-hmm. So many changes have occurred in those six years. It is pretty amazing. And um takes a bit to keep up with, but I really love that part. And what what I have done is I've taken all my interesting experiences and knowledge about marketing and put that all into the social media realm. So I'm a very good bridge for the clients that may not feel as comfortable with the millennials taking over their social media. Uh, Somebody who has been there, done that, seen how marketing has grown over the years. And that's what we bring to the table for them. We're so glad to have you here. You know, and that's interesting you mentioned how, you know, just being in for six years is more like 30. Um, You know, my wife and I have been watching 24 uh, old, old seasons the last few weeks, and it's funny to watch the evolution of technology from season one to season eight and social media and the things that are in there. It's changed so rapidly. Um, that it, it's very hard for a lot of people to keep up with, which which kind of gets us into the, the topic here. You know, we're, we're, we're wanting to talk today about creating a relevant, engaging presence online through social media. And when I talk to a lot of people, the, the challenge with a lot of business owners is a lot of them are a little bit older. 
So we're going to say 40s, 50s, 60s, different things like that, and not used to some of the changes. Then you've got the younger folks that are they're you know jacked up on all this stuff. They you know they were born with a laptop in their playpen, right, you know, or whatever it is. But that brings in a bunch of different problems. And one of the big problems that I see for most people when we talk social media is they don't know where to start or they believe they have to start with a profile everywhere. So I have to be on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and I've got to have 87 profiles. So so there's so much (laughs) out there. So many of them do nothing. You know, then you have the folks that are really old school that come on social media and think, you know, the only reason for me to be on there is to sell stuff. You know, I need to put something on there that says, go buy my new book, go buy my new product, go buy my whatever. So that kind of brings me to my first question of what do you, what do you see as some of the myths of social media? Well, uh, well, the first biggest myth that we come across is that people think that they're going to put these profiles out there and the world is going to know they're there. And it, this is this is so far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. it, I wish it was that easy. It is absolutely not that easy. It's noisy out there. There are a lot of Facebook pages. There are a lot of LinkedIn profiles. There are tons and tons of people and talk and conversations happening. So when you get on there, nobody knows you're there. You're pretty much invisible. The way that you start to, to be seen is through posting. So I'm just going to take Facebook as an example, but this really applies to um, any social media platform. Facebook has something called EdgeRank. So what Facebook is looking for is, one, are you posting consistently? Are you alive? And then the other thing they're looking for is engagement. Are you interesting? Do people like what you're sharing out there in that social media universe? And on top of all of this, Google has come out and shared that they are looking for social signals. So this is one of the ways that Google um, is addressing that whole, you know, all these SEO people were pulling some tricky things on the back end. And Google said, not cool, Uh, that's not organic, that takes away from the organic nature of Google. And so now what we need you to do, people, is we need you to be consistent on your social media and share original content that's about you on both your, both your social media as well as on your websites. So that's the biggest myth that I see. Um, the other myth is that I, a lot of people think that there's only certain types of people on different platforms, and I would highly recommend that your audience do a few Google searches to find out who is on what platforms. I think they would be amazed. A lot of them think teenagers are not on Facebook. They're still on, they're on Facebook. Yes, they're on Snapchat and Instagram and things that more most businesses it may not this may not be their place to be um, but they're there and and it's interesting to to see who's doing what on the various platforms and how you can key into that to get your business message across yeah you know you mentioned some interesting things there I lo- love um, the concept of actually looking at who your audience is and and I think that is a myth that hey you know well I'm a business and I sell to other businesses or organizations. So my audience doesn't show up on Facebook. They don't show up on like, actually, they don't use social media at all because it's a business to business type of relationship. You know, social media is only for business to consumer or consumer to consumer. Do you see that as a, as a common misconception that a lot of business owners have as well? I do. And one of the, there's, there's one thing to consider. Uh, I had been in a workshop recently with a gentleman from Google and he was sharing with us that only about three or four years ago, 
people would look at maybe three or four different pieces of information digitally online about your company. Now that number has jumped to 10. They really want to know who you are before they pick up that phone. So showing off who you are on Facebook is not necessarily a bad idea. Um, but when you're talking business to business, the place to really be is going to be LinkedIn. Gotcha. That's where the business happens. And LinkedIn is, uh, and I would, I'd love to give you some ideas about LinkedIn. It is far more powerful, I think, than people know. Good. Well, I want to come back to LinkedIn in here in a little bit. But um, I also want to talk some of the facts. We talked some of the myths there. I want to talk some of the facts to social media. What are some of the big ones that maybe people don't know? Okay. So, uh, you know what? Let me touch on a myth real quick to get into this fact. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, one of the myths are, you know, are the thing that I hear a lot is, well, what's my ROI? What's my ROI going to be once I get on Facebook or Twitter or what have you? And I would love to be able to tell you this because I believe if I could draw straight lines from what happens on your social media into how much money goes into your pocket, I could be worth billions at this point. Uh, there really are not any straight lines. The fact about social media is it's relationship marketing. So you are sharing with your audience who you are, what you do, and why you do it. And you're sharing more than just, here's what I, here's my services, here's what my products are. So you're not constantly advertising to them. You're creating a relationship with them. So you're also sharing other, like curated content from other businesses that you may have a relationship with, as an example. And information that would make sense for your audience to learn, uh, as well as talking about your staff and who you are as a company and your culture and if you have any charitable activities, what you're doing. You People like authenticity and transparency mm -hmm. nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that that's huge. You know, I love how Gary Vaynerchuk always says, what's the ROI of your mom? You know, <laughs> I, I like what's the ROI of your mom? You know, you can't draw a straight line to how exactly she's helped you become successful. But, you know, there's a return on the investment of, of your mother. And in looking at the same with, with social media of I do a lot of what I call social proofing. If I'm going to if I'm trying to hire somebody or buy their products, I want to go check them out, see who they are. If they talk about something on their website like their culture and how they're out of the box and they're creative and all this. And you go to their Facebook presence and there's two posts over the last six years, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever, or worse. I actually have a lot of social media companies that are always trying to get us to hire them. And I go to their Facebook and there's like four posts. They've got 18 right. followers. And I'm like, so you're, you're not drinking your own Kool-Aid here. <laughs> you, you know, I know, I know right away from their social media presence, or what they value if a lot if you know they've got four thousand followers on Twitter and zero on Facebook, you you get a sense very quickly for who they are. But the the relationship side, I, that's what I love about these podcasts is people get to hear Josh and I and our guests, and they they get to hear who we are, not just some slides or a quick post somewhere. Um, they really get to get a sense of that we know what we're talking about in this industry, and our guests know that as well. So I, I love the relationship side of this social piece that you can't get through a lot of other marketing. So that's, that's really, really big stuff. So in, in your opinion, what should businesses be doing on social media? Uh, well, it depends on the business. There, there's so many factors to look at. And so you, 
first of all, you need to plan this out. This is not something you just put some posts together and off you go. Oh, well, you, you, really you just spoiled plan. everybody's plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I see it all the time. You know, you hear businesses that say, oh, social media doesn't work. And that is because there was not a plan in place in the beginning. There was no strategy in place. Um, and so before you go producing or put, you know, doing a bunch of profiles and putting your face everywhere, you really want to sit down and decide, what am I doing this? What is my goal? Why do I want to have this social media presence? And then what is that going to look like on the various platforms? And do you have time to post to all these platforms? Do you have someone within your company that can do it? Or are you going to hire out for it? Um, all of that needs to come into consideration before you even begin. And then you want to, I will give you one of the simplest things that any company can do, and that is to look at the content they already produce, because that content you want to be getting out there, whether that be like you're doing right now, a podcast, or are you blogging, or are you creating some video. Uh, that is all the type of content you want to have out there. But then also, what else do you want to share with your audience? You know, so people like quotes, and a quote is wonderful, but don't just write that quote out. Put that quote on a pretty background. You know, make it noticeable. You want to have lots of visuals. And if you are going to use video, yes, you want to put that video on YouTube. That makes Google all happy, right? But you also want to upload it directly to Facebook. Because Facebook looks at it like, well, that's really cute that you just led me over to a Google product. <laughs> but if you upload it directly to Facebook, they like it a lot better. And believe me, more people will see it. I have tested it. Yeah. So you just need, and, and then also knowing the audiences. You know, does it make sense for you to be on Facebook? I say yes, only because right now the statistics are people spend an average of 50 minutes a day on Facebook. Wow. Regard is, regardless of age. That's exactly. And that is that is beyond any other social media platform out there. So I always highly recommend being on Facebook. Twitter, Twitter is going to work for you if you are dedicated to creating relationships and mentioning people and really taking part in Twitter. And then, of course, I would imagine most of your audience needs to be on LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, that was my next question was, how do you figure out which platform you're going to use? And I think you, you kind of addressed a lot of that here. You know, what um, what I see, at least emerging, is all these things are searchable now. So when you when you've yes. got a, when, when you've got a Facebook profile, when you've got a Twitter profile, um, whatever it may be, it's all searchable now. And so when I go to look for a different company, it's indexed in Google. And yep. so out of the first few links that are there, their social profile is there. I've, I've even done that locally where we're looking for somebody to uh, clean our pool or we're looking for somebody to um, do a catering event or something like that. And out of the first 10 links, you know, three of them are social, you know, yeah. not just a company's profile like that. So, you know, so that is helping people dominate that online search space as well, not just you know, hey, it's cool if they find us. So I, I think it's it's key, and I, I'm glad you said that about Facebook. You know, I think that's one a lot of people kind of skip over because, hey, my market's not here. But if it if it adds searchability online, it might make sense to start looking at Facebook if you had kind of overlooked it in the past. So. Well, and Facebook also um, their advertising platform is truly amazing in comparison with all the other platforms out there. I I 
I just don't think you can beat Facebook price-wise. I don't think you can beat Facebook how they have, you know, people have heard the term big data. All these platforms are collecting all this data on you and they're trying to figure out what to do with all this data, right? Well, Facebook has done amazing things and brought that to the small to medium-sized business. What you have available to you on Facebook as far as advertising, you can um, really laser target. So not just ages and your, uh, you know, your geographical areas, but also their interests and behaviors. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you have an interest in mountain climbing, then it will show that you bought some mountain climbing books and you watched some mountain climbing videos. If your behavior is mountain climbing, climbing, you've been to REI and you've actually bought what you need to go mountain climbing. So you can drill down to that kind of information and it is it is surprisingly inexpensive to advertise on Facebook. Hmm. No, uh, and your people are there. I mean, they're, the business people are there. They may not be using it for business, but they're there. Yeah, they're, they're there for one reason or another. So you can put some advertising in front of them. So, so tell me this, you know, this is, um, I would say somewhat of a controversial question in one way. There's a lot of people who look at the social side and say, how do I go viral? How do I make something go viral? It's it, trying to force viral, which to me, I don't know that you can, but do you have any tips on how people can create content that has a better chance of going viral? So it's so funny you say it because I've actually had, I actually had a client one time say, I really need you to make a viral video for me. I thought, again, I would be a billionaire if I could yeah, do yeah, this yeah. automatically. Um, but I think that what the two places I feel that people need to touch the most uh, are the heart and the funny bone. And if you can figure out a way to create a video or a post or what have you that touches one of those places and tells a story and a story that people can relate to, then then you've, you've got some gold there. Yeah. You've got a little bit of a better chance of it going viral than yeah. just, hey, look at this awesome thing we sell. <laughs> yeah, the, the heart and the funny bone. I, I like that. And it really doesn't matter what you sell. I mean, I've seen every type of company, every type of brand, you know, do that. And those are the things that get shared. You know, the, the other one that I've heard are the the big inspirational stories where, you know, somebody has come back from amazing odds and overcome um, that that one. And that's that's really touching the heart uh, on that exactly. one. But, but those those are big ones. In terms of heart, funny bone, we've found on our side that you don't make something go viral. The market makes it go viral. Right. Um, but would you agree that uh, it is not simply value it truly is that heart and funny bone or do you think something of value without those other two can can go viral well again it, it, if, if what you are what your services or what your product is I mean that in and of itself can just hit right and we've seen some crazy things over the years that have just hit I mean Beanie Babies, what, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, that really hit, and so, again, it's, you know, how do you present that to your audience, so whatever your, can people relate with it, is it something they feel that it, it brings a value to them in some way, that makes it so they just have to have it, 
you know, I mean, and uh, we talked earlier about having teenagers in our life. Teenagers have to have a lot of things according to them. You know, that's a pretty awesome market. But as people mature and, you know, they're not they're not going to buy into marketing hype. As an example, um, you know, especially, you know, our intelligent folks that we market to, they're not going to buy into that marketing hype. And so it has to bring them some sort of a value that makes sense for them to make that purchase. But that purchase may have a higher um it, they, they may be they they may be be compelled to make that purchase if you will if if there's some kind of story behind it that they relate to. Our market is all government contractors, and a lot of people tell me in the government contracting space that social media is completely irrelevant. What do you have to say to those folks? Uh, well, I would not say it's ever irrelevant <laughs> because here's the deal: whether you like it or not, you are participating on social media. Um, people are talking about you. You are not controlling your message at all if you are not on social media. If you are on social media, and let's say someone, someone says something unkind about you, and somebody else decides they need to go look up and see if that really is true, if you have no presence, that's going to look like you're hiding. Hmm. You don't want to look like you're hiding. So you want to have a presence where they can look and go, oh, they don't seem so bad. They, they're saying very wonderful things. This is what their company is all about. You want, you want to have that opportunity at all times to show off who you are. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's relevant. Yeah. Um, it's there. It's happening. And you, you should probably participate. Yeah, and there, and it, you know, we talked earlier before we started the podcast today. I, I think I read something recently that eighty plus percent of government employees, contracting officers, you name it, are all on LinkedIn. And I always tell people, go do a quick search on LinkedIn. You can you can search the Army Command or the whatever. You can search the keywords contracting officer, and you will be blown away at the people you find that are on LinkedIn. And I'm blown away at how many of them just accept my request. Oh yeah, I mean, it's amazing, and and it's uh, LinkedIn is such a powerful tool, and I I know that most people really don't understand everything that they can do with it. Um, I think first and foremost, the fact that LinkedIn, I thought this was a brilliant move on their part that they allow for what they call long posts, which are blogs. Mm -hmm. So. Blogging on your LinkedIn account, I guarantee you, is going to be seen by a lot more people than blogging on your website. Right. So you should always repurpose that content. Put it on your website, but also put it on LinkedIn. And when you, there's something about you writing about what you do, you become the expert. You get to show off your knowledge. Uh, the other part about LinkedIn that uh, many people are not aware of this fact, but when you make all these connections, you can go and there's a way to go into LinkedIn and you can download your connections and get their email addresses and use that for campaigns. And there's a much higher rate of open on LinkedIn campaigns than there are on newsletter campaigns because these people are linked in with you and they recognize your name and they know you. Uh, in terms of, uh, I think it's it's incredible uh, that you can download the emails from right. LinkedIn, right? And, and and you're right, a lot of people don't know that. But here's a here's a big important question for you. If you download, you know, like I, I've got you know several thousand connections on LinkedIn, and I could download the list. Mm -hmm. 
can I email them? Is that considered an opt-in or am I spamming without getting their permission first outside of LinkedIn? Well, so the first thing I would recommend is when you download that email, email list, look through it. Take out the people that you don't think are going to make sense for you to email anything to. Um, the other thing is, is do not email them every week for the rest of their lives. That's really spammy. <laughs> That's like, wow, <laughs> you're very bothersome. Can you please leave me alone? We ran uh, a very successful LinkedIn campaign. And out of my thousands, I had two people that were not happy with me emailing them. I thought, well, that's, you know, I get it. And, and I, I, I apologized. I said, I will take you off my list. But most of it, um, I, it was very favorable response. Uh, I got favorable responses from the people that we emailed, which we only did three. So we spaced them a week apart. Um, the first email really for me was, um, I'm the co-founder of TEDx Gateway Arch in St. Louis. And at some point, that title uh, became the way everybody was introducing me and people forgot that I had a whole entire company behind me. So I needed to bridge that gap. So I utilized LinkedIn to do so. And so my first email was like, hey, you know me as the co-founder of TEDx Gateway Arch. Did you also know I have this company? Here's what we do. The second email talked about our services and pricing. And then the third email was just, you know, perhaps you don't need this, but you may have a referral for us. So that was it. I did those three emails done. I didn't bother anyone with constant, constant, constant crazy emails driving them insane. Um, and, and really that campaign was by far the best campaign we've ever run. Uh, really filled the pipeline. Got several customers from it. And I would highly recommend doing it. Uh, when people link in with you, they are really agreeing that you get to talk to them. In that scenario, and I know I'm kind of getting in the weeds here a little bit on this question, but in that scenario, do you use a constant contact or another email platform to do that, or are you sending it straight through your Outlook? Like, how are you doing that? Because I know uh, we use constant contact for certain things, and it's it gets very particular. You know, these people have given you permission, right, to, to upload your their right. names in here. Well, through an e-newsletter client, um, I would not recommend it. I would recommend okay. using like a CRM type offering. Okay. So if you we know, have, so, so if we, we use Catchbook, which is here in St. Louis. Um, I know people use different. There's so many. There's Salesforce and that kind of thing out there. That's mm -hmm. what we use. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, and I love how you give the examples of the emails, and I actually remember getting those. So I was, nice. on, I'm connected with you on LinkedIn. So I, I remember, I remember getting, that was only a couple of weeks ago, right? I mean, that wasn't that it, long ago. It was ago. a few months ago, but yeah, it was, it was just amazing, and um, and it's one, it's it's something that I am highly recommending to a lot of my clients, especially the B two B clients. Uh, to really be able to offer to those people you're linked in with some some additional information about you, or you know you can also offer something free to them. Yeah. You know you may have some piece of information that they could use when making their decisions on whatever services or products they're buying, and whether they go with you or not, giving them that information is going to be valuable and they'll remember you for it. Well, that's, that's really, really powerful stuff. I, I really like that. And I like how we've kind of bounced around a lot of the social media, but you, you kind of dug in on, on LinkedIn there. Um, how do you help 
business owners tackle all of this stuff? Because I know this is what your company does. You're not just the, the TEDx person. <laughs> you, you know, what, what, uh, how does your company handle this with clients? So the nice thing about having a, a company like us is, one, we're keeping up on all of this social media. It is not an easy task to keep up on the various platforms and the changes they're making and what you need to be doing with it. So we are doing that on behalf of all of our clients. And then uh, with our clients, you know, we sit down and talk with them and we, we develop that strategy. We come up with that plan and we like to look as if we are in their offices we're part of their team. So when they hire us, yes, there is going to be, uh, they are going to have to work a little bit, but a little bit, not a lot. They're going to have to send us information about what their company is doing so we can be their megaphone, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, we ask them to send us pictures of what's going, you know, if they have a company picnic, send us pictures. If you guys are all going to the baseball game together, send us pictures. You know, these are the kind of, this is the kind of content we want to take out there and share with everyone. And then the other uh, nice thing about having a company do it for you is when you're super busy and you don't have time to do this, it's happening. And we watch those pages for them. So if somebody is talking to you, we are talking back to them. If you have something unfavorable happen on your social media, we're addressing it. Um, if someone needs to be banned, we ban them. I mean, you do have some control over what happens on your social media pages. And then we keep you relevant in conversations. So if there are trending topics out there that make sense for you to participate in, we will make sure you're participating in those in those and the topics that people are talking about right now. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our clients right now are, um, you know, making we're, the Olympics are big. So we're talking about the Olympics, but we have to be very careful. And this may not be something that everybody knows, but the Olympics is, uh, it's a no, no to use their hashtags unless you're a sponsor. Really? So these are the kind of things that we're keeping an eye on for you. So you don't end up getting yourself in trouble. And so you are participating in the best way possible that really helps your company shine. Wow. No, that, that's, that's really important there. And, and just being able to keep up on everything, I had no clue you weren't supposed to use their hashtags. Uh, for the Olympic, you think they would want everybody using it, but uh, it's kind of people weird can, show. people, yeah. uh, individuals can, but not companies. Not companies. Wow, that's that's interesting. So, th this has all been really, really good stuff. Do you have any final thoughts on social media in general? How companies can be more engaging, or or anything else? Uh, well, my my the thing I love to share the most is that we really view social media as human to human. You know, people say B to B and B to C and what have you, but really what it comes down, it's humans speaking with humans. And so, you know, we're able to take on so many different types of industries. You know, as an example, I don't need to keep up with the mortgage rates right now. Um, and neither do most of the people that are on those mortgage pages. However, you do need, you do want to keep in front of them. And so we speak to them like human beings, here's some great ideas for, uh, you know, different ideas you can do to raise the value of your house or up your curb appeal or how to keep your credit score, you know, and a, a nice rating for your credit score. We look at, and I, I really do believe if everyone would look at that you are individuals speaking to other individuals, it can really transform the way you show off your company and your culture and who you are. 
Yeah. You know, you, you build relationships with humans and yeah. you know, that that's a, that's a big deal. You don't build relationships with a Facebook page or a product. So really important stuff. So thank you so much for all the wisdom today. I really appreciate you being a great guest and just bringing a lot of wisdom on the social media thing. I, we could probably come back and talk individual social media all day long. So, so thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for game changers for government contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. You can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the official game changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash game changers, where we'll have links to their websites and bios and things like that. And last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the federal access program at rsmfederal.com forward slash fa for more information on how you can find and win more government contracts thanks for listening to game changers for government contractors for a full list of episodes and other resources be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers